This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 101, and uh, for those listening, I just asked Craig permission to start before we were ready to start because there's just something I, I got to quickly get off my chest. I don't normally... That's not true. I was going to say I don't normally make this show about me, but what I mean, what I, what I, what I mean is, I try to like you know when we have Riv on or guests on, I I really do try to just stay quiet. I don't, I don't think people want to hear what I have to say. To be quite honest with you, but here's what I'm going to say. I think people were waiting for us to tweet out the uh, Leaf Golf Swing the other night. And there's a reason why we didn't. And for some reason, it's been coming up. Like it came up, the Sabres wished me a happy birthday, and they used that. A month before that, um, there was, a, I think, a Sabres Leaf game. By the way, good morning, Craig. <laughs> Feel free to say good morning. Go ahead, continue. So there was like a... a, a um, uh, a, a podcast in Buffalo. If I knew which one, I would I would credit it. So I can't remember which one it was, but they posted it after I think a Sabres Leafs game. It it keeps it keeps coming up, like it keeps popping up at random times, right? This this idiotic, embarrassing thing that I did, and I just wish people would know that I I wish it would just disappear. No way. Yeah, I do. I I do. It's so like, <laughs> oh, my God. But why? Like, I don't understand. Like, you're, you're again, you get all sensitive and no, it's, you know, fuck you sensitive. It's not sensitive. It's just it's like, oh, they're just. Oh, I just like there are just moments that I just wish you could just eliminate. That's just embarrassing. You know, it's like I my kids saw that. eh? So I had to explain this to Brody. And here's my son who who loves basketball, loves soccer, and he's playing sports. And I could just see him. Well, my dad did this, so he'll do something. You know what I mean? I could totally I can totally see it. So it's more of that. It's the parental side of things where you sit back and I'm like, oh. Oh, brother. Why has he got to see that? But anyway, so I just, yeah, that's it. That's, it, that's it, all. That's, that's what you had to get off your chest. Yeah. I just, cause you I, didn't like, wanna, you I, I didn't like want to put it out. I'm like, I didn't want to put it out. I don't want to mock the Leafs. Like it's, it was a total dick move. What I did, it was immature. Uh, funny as funny as all hell though. I don't, I don't care what you say. That is some funny shit. But when you're the guy doing it, you got to look at it and be like, man, what, what were you thinking? Sorry, you've never had any moments like that in your life, Craig. Mister yeah, Perfect over there. Like, it's, if you're any it's wrestler, called, it's called here. respect. Uh, it's called respect for your opponent. I would have never <laughs> yeah, have done something yeah. like that. You had tons of that. No, I haven't had tons of that. You, if you can find me one clip at all, no, I mean tons of respect for your opponent. I mean, you had tons of respect for your there opponent. You, there you go. I, I you listen. I laugh at this. It's something that uh, that you did many, many, many years ago. You're a lot different person than what you, you know, you are now to what you were back, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. Well, ten, ten years sober yesterday. 
Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, Good thanks. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. When you're 10 years sober, you do a lot of reflecting. And then when things, when shit like that pops up, you're like, oh, my God. You're an idiot, Andrew. You're an idiot. I saw this thing the other day. Someone said if you could go back and 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 tell your old your 13 year old self not to do something somewhere along the line, you know what would you say? And I thought long and hard about it. You know, it's just one of the. No, it's not the one thing, but I'm just like, you know. So anyway, how do you think? How do you think? uh, You know, listen. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs, as much as I can't stand their fan base, and and it's largely because of. You know, me growing up in, in North Bay, Ontario, and, and, and both, it, it was basically like a 50-50 split in our, in our city, in our town of uh, Montreal Canadian to Toronto Maple Leaf fans, probably actually even more Toronto Maple Leaf fans. But, and then being drafted to the Montreal Canadiens and just growing up in that environment and, and basically learning to, to hate the Maple Leafs, learning to hate that Maple Leaf. I hated the fan base. I hated, uh, you know, being in Buffalo. I hated being in Buffalo and playing the Toronto Maple Leafs and having, you know, everybody from, you know, the metropolitan area thinking that it's, uh, let's just go over to Buffalo and like flood their entire goddamn arena and act like idiots. Like, Hey, let's do that. Great. Great. Enjoyed that for, uh, for the few years I was in Buffalo and they're they're just super annoying fans. They're they're bandwagoners. You don't hear a goddamn word from them for when their team sucks. You do not see any any fans. Here's Are the they? Thing. Can I ask you something? Yep. Uh, my brother and I were having this conversation yesterday. I was over there to watch Game Seven, Pitt Rangers, and we were talking about smartest fan bases, and we were talking about Toronto. And we're, you know, is Toronto a smart hockey fan base? You know, because my brother was asking me about the New York Rangers. He's like, he had a theory on Ranger fans and, and Pittsburgh fans. And we, talk, well, t- we talked about Buffalo fans, and I can give you my opinion on Buffalo fans happily. And, but just, you know, where, you know, fan bases are knowledgeable about the game. I, is that true or false? Okay. So, what, what is the question you're asking me? There's a lot of questions in there. Yes. Are, is the Toronto, Toronto, are the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, are they smart hockey fans? Are they knowledgeable hockey fans? Or are they just I would, emotional I would, I would hockey so. fans? No, I would think that they, they care for their team. It's a huge fan base. Like, I mean, one of the, probably the biggest in the National Hockey League. Besides, I would say maybe even Montreal slash, um, you could even throw the, the, the Rangers in there. But um there's a big difference. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, answer it by this. There's a big difference between a Montreal Canadian fan and a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Big difference. I told my brother, I think Montreal Canadian fans are probably the smartest hockey fans in, in the world. By far the most passionate fans in the world. I didn't hockey. say passionate. I said smartest, like knowledgeable. Well, I'm going to say both. Okay, live, right. maybe you can give them both. They live but, but, and breathe hockey. It is not, it is not just going, Hey, you know, what, uh, you know, what are you doing on Saturday night? Maybe I'll just sit down and, you know, watch the, no, there is nothing going on in Montreal on Saturday night. You are not doing anything but watching that game. 
I don't care where you are, whether you're going to go to a bar, whether you're going to go to the game, whether you're going to watch it at home and then go out after, but the, the fan base there is, is just completely off the chart. They, they are living the season with the players. If the players are, if, if the team is not doing well, the fan base is feeling the pain. Okay. Is it still as, yeah, okay, I, was, I mean, I just, is it still like that? Yeah. Very like, much so. Very much so. Very much so. And I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, those fans may not be happy that uh, their team is in last place, but I'll tell you right now, they are not going to hide their jersey. They're not going to hide that they're a Canadian, uh, Montreal Canadian fans. And, and just this is just my opinion. For all those people out there, Toronto Maple Leaf, I think you're a bunch of bandwagoners. I think you sit in your homes right now, and I'm watching on TV. I'm watching the game with Tampa Bay and Toronto Maple Leafs. And you remember all those fans that were just passionate, excited fan base outside the arena? Remember the thousands of people outside the arena? Mm-hmm. Well, you can magnify that by 20, 30 that are at home right now waiting to put on their jersey so they can go out and tell everybody that they're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. That's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a theory. It is. Bandwagoners. It's quite a theory. Um, They, uh, a lot of people are giving the Leafs right now credit for how they played. It's it's for a five diff- years in a row of losing the first round. Uh, no, no, listen, listen, listen. I, I didn't gain more that. respect. I didn't, hold on. They gain more respect this year. That, right. So you know where I'm going with this. Did they not? Did they not gain your your respect? I mean, I listen I've listened to it all. I've read a lot. I've read a lot before I can because I you know, but I and I don't like doing that because I it, it kind of warps my opinion or how I think. But it also thinks I think it opens up my mind a little bit to maybe you know giving it a different thought, which is something I have that's new to me. <laughs> but didn't they though? I don't know. Like, you, even you, you even tell though, me your opinion. You tell me your thoughts. I don't want. I, I you know. I'll I tell you, you my exact me- thoughts. I think it's a. I, I I don't care that it's Tampa Bay. I know. I read. I heard. A, a, a you know people say with a bad draw, tough draw. They drew the no. Fuck that. They they messed up. Bad they blew draw. it. What do you mean but, a fucking bad draw? You got. But I'm going to tell you something else. I have Cup. a theory. I have a theory today, and I'm going to. You want to hear warped? I'm going to give you warped. Okay. I'm going to give you Andrew Peters warped conspiracy theory. Are you ready? Sure. Did you see the officiating? I'm not coming to you as a Leaf fan. I'm not a Leaf fan. I wanted the narrative to change. I wanted them to move on. Like, I wanted it. To, I, you know, I, that's what I wanted to see. I just I wanted to see Toronto advance. Why? Are you a Toronto Maple Leaf fan? No, but I'm, you know, then I'm why? Canadian. You know, I'll tell you why. why. Because, because you're, I'm, you're I'm watching TV. Pity. Because I'm watching TV, and you got the guys on TNT in Atlanta, Georgia. And you have an interview from Toronto. And it's like for years and years and years, we never saw Canadian teams on TV in the U.S. And now Canada has some good teams. Calgary's going to the second round with Edmonton. That's going to be amazing. You know, Montreal just got the first round pick, but they were in the cup final or the first overall pick, but they were in the cup final last year. Like Toronto's good. 
You know, people still think Winnipeg is good. Vancouver's on the rise. Hockey in Canada is good. It's, it's good. good. Well, right. But, I mean, it's just it, – it, they're on – Toronto is, is on TV in friggin' Atlanta, Georgia. You know what I mean? So, and I, so what? Well, I just – I don't know. People in the U.S., hockey fans in the U.S. haven't watched a lot of, of, of Canadian teams in Toronto. And, and I think that's – I think it's great. Like, I – that, so that's that's, so that's one why reason. you want fucking Toronto. Oh no, fuck! It's it's, it's one I thought, thing I've ever heard. That was one small argument, but you know what? But I thought Terrible it was cool. Argument. Tell me why you want Toronto Maple Leafs to win? Are you deep down inside? Are you a Toronto Maple Leaf fan? <laughs> you one of those no. fucking bandwagoners that uh, I'm talking about? <laughs> no, you because have your little Toronto Maple Leaf uh, jersey in your because closet, when I go to Canada. When I go to Canada on the weekends, I want to watch a team that the people around me are watching. You know, it's like, like, it's like a cult. Yep. It is like a cult, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I just wanted, I I'm sick of the people shitting on teams. Like I think about, you know, Buffalo, like people shit on Buffalo. Like I just want to see a team stick it up people's asses because just because they want them to lose because of who they are. Like, I just, I'm tired of that. So I just wanted to see them advance. I wanted to see what Matthews and Marner so and you Tavares wanted to see them advance Giordano and, and you needed, they needed to earn it. Did they earn it? I think they got screwed. I think they got screwed. I think they, I think, tell me how they got screwed. The, the officiating has been completely dog shit. In it. <laughs> and just in what? the one series? Pardon? Just in the one series? No, but <laughs> no, not in just the one series. But in this particular series, yeah. Yes, it was, it was atrocious. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. And I don't, I'm so tired of hearing the, the, Refs have a tough job. Bullshit. So they don't have a tough job. Uh, you know what? It's not. I don't think it's as hard as they make it. They they let. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really don't. I don't think the referees these days have the capability. They don't have the freedom. What are you talking about? They don't have the freedom to make calls. I, I honestly think they're terrified to, to officiate and make mistakes. So they just, they let everything go. It's, and, and what, what, or call dog shit penalties because they've let, st- it's, I don't, I don't understand what the, I don't understand what we're watching anymore. I don't understand what you're watching, but I think, I think all these playoff series have been fantastic. Every single one. The outcomes have been fantastic. They've been close, but the officiating has been dog shit. And I think the officiating, I think the officiating got the Leafs. Yeah. I don't think the officiating got the, the Leafs whatsoever. I think the Leafs got the Leafs. And they're right there. They're a good hockey team. I mean, a world-class hockey team. Top, top five team in the NHL. They showed that through an 82-game schedule. You can't take that away from them. You know, they, they have uh, a lot of great pieces, okay? And, you know, you listen to John Cooper after the game, you know, giving his praise to to many players on on the Toronto Maple Leafs, giving praise to, you know, the coaching staff. You still Toronto have Maple Leafs lost in the first round. It does not mean that they're a shit hockey team because they are clearly not. This this series could have went either way. They are two monsters playing each other in the first round. Absolute monsters. And. Right now, 
I find Tampa Bay is an absolute oiled machine. They have all of the star power that you need up front. They have all of the star power that you need at the back end. They have the best goaltender in the ha- in the National Hockey League. They have easy Ranger fans, easy out there. We know, uh, you know, Chesterkin or whatever the hell his name is. is a hell he's of not even defender, close to, he's not even listen, close to. Vasilevsky yeah, in his time is the best goaltender in the world right now. You look at the size of the defense court on Tampa Bay, their best player, the best defenseman in the world. Okay. I'm going to say the best defenseman in the world is Victor Hedman. Not the best offensive defenseman. Easy there, Colorado. We know, and uh, easy there, Nashville. We know about your two boys, Yossi and Makar. But the best defenseman in the league is Victor Hedman, okay? 85 points this year, 6'6", 230 pounds, suck on it, okay? The guy's an absolute (laughs) rock star. And then you look at Sergachev and McDonough, and you just keep going down Searneck. They're monsters on the back end there. So they have the best goaltender in the league. They have a massive incredible well-skating defense core in Tampa Bay. Then you're like, well, you got to have stars to win. Oh yeah. Kucherov, you know, point stamp coast. They have star power, super. I don't think the league wanted Toronto to win. I think they had the referees completely. I'm so, I'm so, if I think Toronto, I think Gary Bettman wanted, wanted the battle of Florida because he had teams, he put Florida in the NHL on his watch, and this ensures that one of those Florida teams gets to the conference finals three years in a row, and things are good in in the su- sunny states of hockey. You got Carolina, you got Florida, you got Tampa, and those are the big teams now in the NHL, and it was on his watch. So, hey refs anything you got to do to make it as hard as you can for toronto to win do it because their fans aren't going anywhere their markets aren't going anywhere they're Mm -hmm. always going to come out in the thousands to to support their team if florida doesn't move on and they go the other way then holy shit we're in trouble so make it happen yeah, I don't see it the same way. I just think that uh, Toronto's a great team, but Tampa Bay is an oiled machine. Uh, they're a playoff team. I think they kind of cruise through the season a little bit. Uh, what they end up? Eighth in the league this year. Um, had well over 100 points this year. Over 50 wins this year. Tampa Bay is a monster. Toronto has, even though I can't stand the fan base, I'll tell you this. Those fans should not be hanging their heads. They shouldn't. I I know they're going to be upset, and they should be upset. It's been five years in a row now that they've lost out um, in the first round. But, I mean, they're getting there. They're there. Matthews and Marner were in tears, right? There's pressure on those young men. I'm going to tell you, I can't even... I can't imagine what those guys, the pressure that they have to perform each and every single night yeah, but I wonder if it's more than that, too. I wonder if you hear a guy like Giordano after the game be like, fellas, you know, I just played my last game, and I just want to say it was an honor to, you know what I mean, make try to make yeah. a run with you guys or something like that. You have a, you know, like maybe something like that. Or even does Sheldon Keefe say, you know, fellas, I, you know, I don't know what this means for me and my future, and, you know, you, you might have a new coach next year. 
you know, who knows if Dubis says, ah, guys, I don't know what this does for me in the future, but, you know, whatever happens, wish you guys all the best. Are we expecting any of those changes? Are you expecting any of those changes? Barry there's, Tross there's, is very available, and this would there, be the type there's of There's got to be change. You'd think so. There has to be change. It's not, it's, it's, there has to be change. But the core of that, that hockey team is extremely strong. It would be in a top five in the National Hockey League, the core that they have there. They have a lot of great pieces. They have a lot of pieces that are, that are up and coming. I mean, they just need to stay the course. Toronto needs to stay the course. I would not be, you know, overhauling the entire team and, uh, you know, we lost, so we've got to change this. No, I'm not saying overhauling the entire team at all. I'm just wondering, do you have to move on from somebody to free up some money to go and get some more depth players? That's well, where they lost. They, I think be, they lost in the it'll depth. It'll be a great. It'll be, a, it'll be really interesting to see what Giordano does. Because I think Toronto would absolutely love nothing more than to get him back in in a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey. They have a really nice, solid defense core. And I'm going to tell you this. I haven't said that in 10 goddamn years, man. I mean, when you've got Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley and TJ Brody, Mark Giordano, uh, Lilia Labushkin, (laughs) Sabres, maybe the Sabres should jump on that guy. I like his game. I like his game. Plays hard nosed. He's he's another guy that tr- Toronto is is probably going to want to to keep. But um, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the decisions, the tinkering that is going to happen with the Toronto Maple Leafs because uh, they've got a few big signings: uh, Mikhailov, um, Kashe. On uh, on Vol, they've Engel. got some players. Envel, they they've got some players that they have to get uh, that they have to get locked in. Those are uh, you know three pretty good players uh, for for Toronto. But we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting in the off season. See if they do anything with a guy like you know even William Nylander. Um, even though William Nylander, I mean, he had a fantastic season. He had a fantastic season. He's he's a world class hockey player, but. For me, it's, um, you know. Last question I want to ask you about the Leafs, and then I want to move on to a, to okay. a important topic that I, I'm, I'm just going to drop on your plate. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not talking Johnny T. I just, I'm, I'm wondering what, what, what you thought of John Tavares and, and in, the, in, the, in the playoffs there. I mean. I would move him. If you had a chance to move uh, Johnny T, then I would move him. And it, it's, it's painful. And I mean, painful to say that, but I mean, you're not moving Marner. You're not moving Matthews. They're two guys that are making 11, you know, million dollars a year. I just don't think that you can win with three guys making $11 million. I'm not taking anything away from Johnny T. He's, he's a fantastic player. He's been a great, great, great player in this league for a very long time. He had a, he had a fantastic season. 27 goals, 76 points in 79 games. He has played very well. He's a great player. The, the thing is, people are probably sitting there listening, saying, well, I don't understand why you would move him then. And, and my reasoning is, Johnny T is a, is a, is a fantastic player. He's been 
awesome since he since the day he came into the league. But eleven million dollars? Can you go and find two million uh, two players for five and a half that can give you even more, um, you know, output offensively or defensively or whatever for 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 what Johnny T brings you? You can't move Tavares, man. You'll never move. You'll never move him. He's the captain. He's from Toronto, and he has a no move clause. You're never moving Tavares. Maybe not, you know, um, but I think never. I think you have to try. You think you have to be, um, and maybe they don't want to. Maybe Toronto doesn't want to do that. Maybe they're looking at that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull like, a Craig Reve and say that's like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Okay. Moving to Varis. Anyway. I don't think it. I think it's when you're when you're losing five years straight, and you're one of the better teams in the league. You have to try and figure out ways to get over the hump. And I think you're not moving a Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Bunting, guys like that, Mikhailov, uh, that Onval. There's a lot of great players. They have a lot of great players in Toronto. The problem that they have is their cap is very, very high. And when you have three guys making $11 million plus, it's just, chewing up a a huge part of your cap um and i just look at that and say is there an is there an opportunity or a way that you can make a trade that would benefit the toronto maple leafs and benefit a team that's going to acquire johnny t who still has game left in him he's 31 years old he's not i don't consider uh johnny t old you know he's older but Gary, he still Gary has... Price for Johnny T, who says no. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Uh, because the helmet rule came into effect last night. I learned a lot about the helmet rule uh, in the NHL. Craig, I don't know if you did that. I did not know that players did not have to go off as soon as they lost their helmet. Um, they can put it back on without buckling up their chin strap if they want to. But I also learned that... But think, the, the, if, the rule has changed now. If the helmet has, if the helmet comes off, Don Koharski explained this last night on on TNT. If the helmet comes off, and the puck is near you, you can play the puck without your helmet right away. But then after that, you have to either go to the bench or get your helmet. So he didn't have to leave the ice. The player just didn't know the rule. Player didn't know the rule. The whole league doesn't know the rule. So what if what if the puck was not around him? He can go get his helmet. Now, granted, that would take him out of the game for whatever time, but he could have got his helmet, which was right near him, yeah, and just unbuckled it, put it back on, and played with his chin strap undone. But instead, he I didn't elected. think you could put your helmet back on. But you can. It's it's there. It was explained last night. Don Koharski came on on. TNT and laid the rules and I was I was blown away. I was blown away when I I learned about the helmet rule. I was like I thought he had to go off too. I thought nowadays you just have to if your helmet comes off whether it's pulled off or comes off, you have to go right off, but that's not the case. You can put, pick up your helmet and put it on and play the puck without and play the shift without your helmet done up. Hmm. It's interesting. Because I thought the rule was once your helmet gets knocked off that you have to go immediately to the bench. And I think that's what everybody thought as well. But they okay. don't know the actual rule. 
How about that? All right. You think that cost them? You think that uh, cost, uh, you know, because I think you're, uh, are you implying that when uh, Peterson got his helmet ripped off by Lafreniere, he was pissed off because Lafreniere got him in a headlock and squeezed it off his head. And then he darted to the bench. And yeah. what, what, a minute or 30 seconds later, they ended up scoring uh, yeah, a tying goal. Yeah. So I you know a lot of people are are blaming that, but anyway, I learned a lot. I learned about the helmet rule, but yeah, I think that's what Pittsburgh's thinking cost him. Sidney Crosby basically said the helmet rule's terrible rule, and I don't think the players even know the fucking rule. Yeah. Funny as that. NHL rule book section nine point six. A player on the ice whose helmet comes off during play shall be assessed a minor penalty if he does not exit the playing surface or retrieve and replace his helmet properly on his head with or without his chin strap fastened within a reasonable period of time. It is reasonable if a player who is making a play on the puck or who is in the vicinity of the puck and engaged in the play at the, uh, at the opportunity um, at the time his helmet comes off, takes the opportunity to complete the play before either exiting the ice or retrieving and replacing his helmet. So basically, in dummy terms, like I said to you, a player loses his helmet, he can get up and play the puck if, he's, if there's a play there, and then get his helmet or leave. Or he can lose his helmet, not near the play, and go get his helmet and put it on his head, buckled or not. So Peterson didn't know the rule. The players, Crosby doesn't know the rule. Players don't know the rule. Like maybe they just want to be able to play without a helmet. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just, you know, the helmet rule is stupid because if your helmet comes off, you should be able to play. I don't see it that way with the history of concussions now going on in the league. However, players just don't know their own rules. Period. End of story. Have a great day. I can't believe Sidney Crosby played that game. Well, did they ever come out with the actual injury? <laughs> did they need to? You think it was a concussion? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. But then again, I've, I've been wrong probably five times already in this show, and I've been wrong several times in my life. So, I mean, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. But, yeah. So I mean, what's, I, what's con- uh, concussion protocol in the league right now? Well, if they don't diagnose it a concussion, okay, um, then there isn't. So why any. is Sidney Crosby leaving the game and did not return in the second period of the, the oh, game? They can, that he got they hurt can, in. they can. That's the thing. They can pawn it off as anything. They can say, "Ah, oh, it's his collarbone. It's his shoulder." I mean, someone's you. You made a suggestion that it looked like it could have been something else. I can't remember who we were on with Vanek or Gianta or Jr. Like whenever the injury happened, but somebody made. A reference that it could be something else. PK Subban, I think, on TV. I can't remember who was on that night, but other people were saying, you know, it could have been something else. Maybe this. Maybe when he did the splits after the hit, maybe he pulled a groin. I don't know. Yeah. So they can pawn it off as a as a number of things, and they did. You know, they never comment on it. So to us, it's just an upper body injury. But to me, I feel like it was a shot to the head that okay. got him. All right. 
So simple as that. I mean, you know, maybe you don't. I don't. I don't know about that. I think you know, you you might be right. If he if he was dealing with some sort of head uh, issue, concussion, whatever it was, saw stars, you name it, then that would have been kept under wraps. If at the end of the season, and you know, it might come out in the next couple days what his actual injury is. Maybe it was a hip flexor. Maybe it was a back. Maybe it was a, you know, a wrist or something. We don't know. I, I, I mean, we, we may never know. But I mean, the conclusion or jumping to conclusions on a head issue because of his history is something that is obvious. Is is obvious. It's it's what everybody is going to go back to. You're always going to go back to the head issue because he's had concussion issues. And and you know when you're talking about one of the best players to ever put on skates, I mean, it there it's concerning. Yeah, but to me it is. So anyway, uh, what do you think of the series overall? I can't believe the Rangers came back to win it. it I think it was it's fantastic. I mean. I watched a lot of a lot of the the series. I really couldn't seem to get into the uh, the Dallas Calgary. I tried. I really, really did try, but um, for some reason, it was just as boring as all hell to to watch those two teams play. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh was one of my favorite series, and in, in, in the Rangers, a lot of um, a lot of star power, a lot of firepower offensively on both sides. Um, you know, the, the Rangers team is really, is really, really an exciting, exciting team because they, they have, it's, it's not even because of the Banajad who's absolutely missling stuff top shelf with like five minutes left to tie the game or, or a Temi Panarin who has got to be one of the best passers in the national hockey league. Or Chris Kreider. Or Chris Kreider. Or, uh, but I look at their team and I, I love, the the youth like the rangers next year are going to be way stronger than what they are this year and that's even if they don't make a move that's not if malkin comes to andre miller is a young guy fox is a super young guy lindgren is a super young guy you have uh lafreniere and you have Kapokaku and you have uh Heathel. uh i mean they have a very, very, very promising hockey team moving forward. It's just uh, they're those young guys are not going to be um, third liners. They're not going to be third liners for long. I, these guys are going to continue to push the envelope and get much, much better. And uh, that Rangers team is going to be very dangerous moving forward. Especially yeah, I, with the goaltending that they have now. Sturkin is absolutely fantastic. He's going to win the he's going to win the uh, Vesna this year. There's no question. Did you see um, any of the LA Edmonton uh, game the other night? I think that. So, did you watch the entire game? No, but I didn't. So get a I chance. watched the entire game, Petey. I'm going to tell you this: it was probably one of the best games I've watched of the entire playoffs. I, I, you would not believe how fast and physical and the tenaciousness of every single player on both teams was something. It was just fantastic to watch. I watched, listen, I watched a good portion of it. Okay. But you said yeah. the entire thing. I watched a good portion of it. It was unbelievable. And I obviously the, 
the McDavid highlight is the highlight of that game. I mean, I, I couldn't when when I when I saw that play, I can't remember what time of night it was, but I was like, holy shit. That's what I said out out loud. Yeah. I, I kind of think LA got screwed because I, you know, I, I feel like uh because there was a delayed penalty, and then as I'm watching it, LA guy touches the puck for like half a second on and off his stick, but he didn't have possession of it. So it kind of went off his foot, off his stick to McDavid, and then McDavid had two two good chances at it there, and he shelved it back backhand. But um, I, I don't know if, if that matters at all, but the, just the, the effort by this guy. And then I, I think something that a lot of people focused on too, and it's something that I, I truly appreciated seeing was the emotion and passion in his face because what a year. Do you remember he had the blowout with the media guy and they made they fired the coach and – you know, it's like it, it's amazing Edmonton right now that they move moved on, you know, like because there was a time where they were out and we you were take saying Connor McDavid off that team. Could be a it might be a bottom five team in the league, even with Leon. Yes. Agree or disagree? Uh, bottom five. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. That's hard to say, but they would not be nearly as good. That's. That's fair to say. Leon Dreisaitl's point totals will go down. Connor McDavid is captivating when he, he is on the ice. There's not a player in this league that's even clo- close to him. Like, like, there is not a player even close to him. When he's on the ice... He is making something happen every single shift. His speed, he's the best player to ever don skates. There is no question about it. Did you see the hit he threw in the first period? I mean, okay. So so I sent this to a group of friends. Listen, okay. I sent this to a group of friends who are Leaf fans, okay? After he threw that hit, who did he hit? I can't remember, but it was right at the boards at the hash marks. He fucking hammered somebody. Yeah. And I sent that video to a group of friends who are all bummed about the Leafs. And I said, did you see Matthews, Marner, Tavares, or fucking Nylander do this in game seven? Yeah. I said, this is why Edmonton's going to win the game. That was early in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Very early. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to side. Sorry to sidetrack. No, but I was, when I saw that, I was like, "This guy's here to play." The greatest player in the world, who wouldn't do that in Game Forty Six of the regular season, is is yeah. here to play for Game Seven. I was like, "Okay, this is." Um, and then he scores that goal. Unreal. That put McDavid for me at a different level. I mean, obviously he's at a high level anyway. But I mean, it's just like whether he can get it done or not. That was that was massive. Yeah. So when you're sitting there talking the heart, you have Austin Matthews, you have Connor McDavid and Igor uh, Shesterkin. And all three players had, I mean, just world-class seasons. Shesterkin is going to win the Vesna this year. He was that good. He was that great for his team. Austin Matthews is just doing special things with, with scoring goals. He is just... His shot is is next level, okay? And then you have Connor McDavid, who's who's basically the best player in the world, playing on a team that I think is very I shouldn't say even they're 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 an average hockey team. They're they'd be middle of the row, 
um, at best in the National Hockey League if, if Connor McDavid's not in it. Okay. So who do you pick for the heart? Like who's most valuable to their team? Is it Austin Matthews who scored 60 bloody goals in 78 games, which is completely unheard of? The thing is, though, it's, it's regular season. I know that. I understand that. But when you look at it, how would the Edmonton Oilers be if they didn't have Connor McDavid? It's, it, it, this is this. It year, almost makes it easy, doesn't it? In particular, when no, you put it like that. Because Austin Matthews, like, what if you were to take Austin Matthews off Toronto Maple Leafs? Would they be the fourth best team in the National Hockey League if Austin Matthews is not on this team? I think they'd be a lot better than Edmonton. I think they'd be a much better team than the Edmonton Oilers. That's arguable. You could argue that all day long. You know, they still I don't have, think they can. still have a, a, a they don't, guy second in scoring in Leon Dreisaitl. Well, that's well, they have Marner, who was like fourth or not fourth okay. in scoring because he didn't he he didn't have a hundred points, but he was right there. Yeah. You know, he had like 90, what do you have? 97 points, 98 points. Like he's, he was right there. Yeah. 97 points Marner. Yeah. Right. So Marner at 97 Tavares had, he was just under a point a game. 76 and 70, 78, 27 goals. Right. Nylander had a fucking hell of a year. What did Morgan Riley have? Like they have, they have yeah. a better team. Kerfoot bunting. They have a better team without their start. Take each star player off each team. Toronto is a way better team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, and I, and I don't want to, and and during the season, I don't want to give McDavid the heart trophy because it's like, oh, he's the best player. He gets the most points, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I, 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 at the same time, now that we sit and think about it, you're just kind of like, man, how, how can you you not just give him the, you have Zach Hyman who had 27 goals this year. Okay, you had um, a huge, huge addition to their team in Evander Kane. He had 22 goals in 43 games. You know, did Evan you see Bouchard. him? Did you, you see McDavid giving him shit on the play in the play? Uh, sorry, a squirrel moment. Did you see McDavid giving him shit after he scored in game six? It was Friday night. Friday night? Was it, fr- or it was Thursday night? We didn't do a show Friday. We had part two, so we didn't talk about it. But he scores in game six and gives like the a seven sign, and yeah, that was either yeah. for seven goals or game seven or whatever. They came to the bench and McDavid just absolutely fucking tore into him. Like was he was mad at him about something. Really? Yeah. And I I don't know what it was. If he was just kind of like stop it with that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you gotta go check yeah. it out. It's it's a it's a great video. But anyway. Yeah, I'll go check that out. But yes, I, I agree with you that you know Toronto Maple Leafs are a much, much, much better hockey team. Um I just think if you take Connor McDavid off the Edmonton Oilers, like I I'm I'm not kidding when I say this. I think they would be below the Sabres. I'm not I'm not even joking either. Like it's, it's, um, that, that is my, my, my honest opinion. I think he is that valuable to, to that team. I think he makes, the, you know, one of the best players in the league in Leon Dreisaitl, a better hockey player. He makes everybody that he plays with better hockey players. So I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, 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 that's a great argument. You know, then but you I, have the Ted Lindsay, which is like the, what is it? Most outstanding player. 
voted on a- by the players. Okay, so Connor McDavid's going to get that. Is he? I, I think it's very simple. Okay, let me add. Do you think the players vote honestly or emotionally with that? Because do you think that the players will sit there and say, and, and this is a great conversation for our guests this week too, yeah. you know, for the guys when we have, you know, Gio on, Vanek on, and JR on, um, we'll ask them all separately or together. <laughs> but, you, you know, like do they, do they vote emotionally or honestly? Because I wonder if guys are just like, I'm tired of voting for McDavid. I'm voting for Matthews. Like he's going to score. Well, do you think that guys back in the day uh, were, uh, you know, getting tired of voting Wayne Gretzky? No, I don't. Neither do I. I think Connor McDavid is the most outstanding player in the National Hockey League. Um, and that's that's um, taking into account. I think there's a lot of great players in the league right now. And Austin Matthews is clearly one of them. But when it comes down to the most outstanding player, I think it's uh, Connor McDavid. And, but when and, you say Gretzky, by Gretzky, it was a landslide. Like, is McDavid, is it a landslide that McDavid is, like, no. he might be the most electrifying player, no. but not, is it is it a landslide. landslide like it was, like, when Gretzky was putting up 215, no. 212, 208 points? That, no, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that it's not a split vote here it's, or there. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a 1A, 1B with these two guys. You know, if Austin Matthews wins the most value, you know, if he wins the heart for the most valuable to his team, I'm not even going to sit here and I'm not going to argue it because I'm going to say, you know what, Austin, you had one hell of a year. 60 goals in 78 games is absolutely insane. And every time he's on the ice, he's doing the same thing. He's super, super dynamic. Um, but if Connor McDavid won, I'd feel the exact same way. Yeah. Both okay. But I'm talking about the old Lester B Pearson and now the, uh, the, it's now the Ted Lindsay award. Yeah. So Gretzky won it 81, 80. So one, two, three, four times in a row. Then you snuck Lemieux in there and then you went Wayne Gretzky again. And then he never won it again. But I mean, Sid's won it. Sidney Crosby's only won it one time. Ovechkin's won it one. T- oh, that's that's because I haven't I've switched over to the Ted Lindsay. Um, I'll do that in a second. But my point is, is that I'm talking about voting on the one voted on by its peers. Like you're saying, landslide McDavid, like it was Gretzky. I don't see it that way at all, at all. Mm, okay. But again, something else we can disagree on. But I just I don't see it that way. Well, who 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 are the guys that are in the running? You have Austin. What about Matthews? Yossi? Ninety-six points as a defenseman. Kale McCarr. Like these are guys that could maybe like you. You could have guys saying, "Shit, I've never seen a defenseman like this in in my day ever playing in the NHL." Like, who knows? Yeah. Like, well, Kale McCarr had twenty-eight goals this year too, as as. <laughs> has a 23-year-old, 86 points, 28 goals in 78 games, or 77 games, plus 48. Monster. And a lot, how many of his points come on the power play? Like, so you can't, so, so like a lot of his points, he's getting, you know. 34 in the power play. Okay. So he had 34 on the power play. You don't get pluses for those. Like that's pretty unbelievable, yeah. man. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's it, crazy. There's there's more than just 
there's more than just Connor McDavid in this league right now. Like that's, know, but that's what I'm trying to say. And it, and Kale McCarr. What about and, Victor Hedman? Victor Hedman had 20 goals this year, 80, 85 points. Then you have Roman Yossi, 23 goals, 96 points. Plus, plus what? Plus 13. Okay. Pretty f- We're playing on a much, much, much different team. Can you imagine Roman Yossi with the offense and the power play that they have in Colorado? Could you imagine Roman Yossi playing on that team? It would be fun to at least <laughs> find out what it would be, but... I mean, it, it really would, but it's, it's like, so look, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going down this. That's why I just, I don't think that it's that obvious. The, uh, Lester B Pearson no. slash, uh, Ted Lindsay award. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, so anyway, um, Florida, Florida advanced on, what do you think of this Florida Tampa series? I mean, you're, you're <sighs> okay. So I will say this, that. I hope Braden points out for the rest of the playoffs. Um, but I want everyone to know that I literally love this guy. He is one of my, he's one of my top five, top 10 uh, favorite players in the National Hockey League. Okay. He's not, he, uh, I, lo- I love the way this guy plays. I absolutely love the way this guy plays. He is energy. Um, just bottled up and uh, it's it's really, really tough for Tampa Bay to lose a player of, of Braden Point's stature. Um, and it's the way that he plays. Not only is he a star in this league, okay? He is a star in this league. He plays a, he can play a finesse game he can play a grind game he can play a physical game he he is super fast he's tenacious he's hard on the puck he's going in the front of the net he's he's grinding but he's super insanely skilled like the guy is just an absolute rock star he is i love him i'm really sorry to see him hurt but I'm super, super pleased that he is hurt. That was ugly. Because, the other way yeah, he went. And you're know, a dick. I, you're a dick for saying all that too. Yeah, but I, I understand am. why you're saying yeah. it. I get it. I'm only saying the it for nature one of reason. competition. It, look, I mean, it is what it is. You know, like yeah. you are a dick for saying it, but I understand why you're saying it. I completely yeah. understand. And I and I really, really do. I really don't like saying it. I really don't like saying it because I love him as a player. But if it gives Florida Panthers a better opportunity to close out uh, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion that has a tremendous amount of depth throughout their lineup. Um, no one in Florida is feeling sorry for anyone in Tampa right now. You know That's what right. I mean? Like right. I'm as simple as that. And if you don't understand that uh, as a listener from the nature of competitive competitiveness, I remember I said that once on a live show and I just had phone calls, call in and te- uh, tweets, just absolutely destroying me saying, how can you wish injury upon? I was like, I don't wish injury. I just am like, it would be helpful if their star player was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, that's sports. So you know that's what? Exactly it. I'm like, not. I'm not cheering for him to get hurt. Yeah, you don't not. want him to have a career-ending injury. You just want him to miss the series. 
Yep. That's it. Like it's it, there's nothing wrong with that either. But I want the I want the injury to be bad enough that he can't he can't even try to play. That's what I I don't want Braden Point in the playoffs anymore because he's that good and he's just an absolute pit bull out there with insane skills. It and is I don't a, want to see him on the ice. It's a weird awesome. sort of compliment you're paying him. I'll say that, but I understand yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's going to be a great series. I mean, you know, I, I had an opportunity to, uh, when I went down to Florida, uh, I took my boys to, to watch a couple uh, Panthers games. And I'm going to tell you this, Petey, that, that building in Miami. Sunrise. Sunrise. I'm going to tell you. They're in Miami, but they are not. Yeah, they're not in Miami. They're actually... Uh, they're a ways away from Miami, but good, yeah. good try. That it's was close the to the Lauderdale, but uh, I'll tell you this. I played, I played in, in Florida and I played in the building for many, 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 many years and not one time, not one single solitary time in my 16 years. Did I see the Florida Panthers building like this? And it was incredible. It's not even a playoff game. This is this was uh, you know just a regular season game at the end, and wow, the fan base right now is it's hot. It is blowing up when you're when when you have a good team and you know you build it and they will come, and that's uh, what Florida's done. And right now they're reaping the benefits of some great great hockey players. I can't wait Barkoff, to see it. Huberto. I can't wait to see this series. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even joking you when I awesome say that because they worry me. They 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 really do worry me. Uh, I think they, Florida's they got the me. advantage. I re- and I'll tell you why. Number one, Braden Point, but number two, I think Tampa just came off a series that took more out of them. And I'm not even talking about I necess- agree. necessarily physicality. I'm talking about speed, playing Mental, on your everything. heels. You know what I mean? Like they pushed, they pushed Tampa Bay right to the goddamn brink, and 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 it could have gone either way. Yeah. And I think Florida isn't coming off an easy series with Washington, but I don't think it pressed them mentally, physically, or grinded them the same way as Tampa got worn down. Yeah, and and the other thing with Florida too is they won a couple games there where they had some really good feel good games where they won in overtime and they had a comeback. They were they were down three nothing in their own bloody building. I'm ready to smash my TV and throw the remote through it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'll give them five more minutes before I absolutely lose my my marbles and and walk away from the game, and then all of a sudden, boom one after the other they just start chipping away chipping away and they have so much firepower on florida from their first line all the way to their fourth line with with uh, the guys they got going right now they're they're going to be a tough team to beat and and like you said the emotional draining attachment to it i don't think florida had that but I think Tampa Bay had that. I yeah. think Toronto Maple Leafs absolutely gave them everything. And I think, uh, you know, wore them down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, you said they were down 3 nothing. That's the best thing about these playoffs. 
there's no lead that's too much. I mean, unless you get to four or five, but it's like three nothing leads these days. Depends on the team, though. This is true. Well, this is true, but I feel like any one of these playoff teams can do it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's the same. There's more scoring on these teams than than ever before. I I was I was sitting there, um, you know, I was watching the Edmonton Oilers game playing L.A. And I've really, 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 really enjoyed watching when they scroll to the fans and how much these fans are enjoying this hockey. And I sat there, um, you know, watching the game and I was thinking to myself, this is the best goddamn playoffs. This is the best hockey we have ever seen in the history of the NHL. I think, I think like who can win the Stanley cup? Like, can you honestly right now tell me, do you think the Rangers can win the Stanley cup? Absolutely. Okay. What about Carolina hurricanes? Absolutely. How about Tampa Bay? Absolutely. Florida. Absolutely. I'm going to go St. Louis. Absolutely. Abs- you know, Colorado. Absolutely. Calgary. Absolutely. Edmonton. Zero chance, but <laughs> I agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> I don't think Edmonton really has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. They're going to be the super only exciting left in the eight that I feel just is, is they're not. Yes. No. I agree with you. I agree that seven of the eight teams have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And we're, and we're betting against the greatest. The, the, we're betting against the greatest. Or you can even go one, two, players in the National Hockey League and Leon Dreis. One of the greatest combos in the history of the game. <laughs> and we're betting against them. They have no chance. Hey, they're they're a better they are honestly a better combination than, uh, you know, Big Mac and fries with a large coke on the side. Who's the they're, coke? What's that? Who's the coke? Well, I'm just saying combo. I know. But you know then you Big threw Mac in the combo? coke. You said the Big Mac and the fries. Yeah. I but know, who's but the coach? Those two are better than the full combo. The full Big Mac combo. Anyway, bad analogy. But you knew where I was going with it. Um, yeah. Seven of the eight teams. I don't I don't know. Like, I think the next team after that would be St. Louis. But then after that, any team that's any team. The, the rest of the six are, it doesn't matter. Pick them. Pick them in any order, and any one of them can win. Throw a dart at it. Yeah, I I'm a huge fan um, of St. Louis. The only thing that worries me in St. Louis is 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 one thing. Watching St. Louis at the end of the year, the last 15, 20 games of the year. I was, uh, you know, betting on a lot of these games, just having fun, you know, putting little, little wagers in, nothing crazy. And uh, I noticed that St. Louis Blues were scoring a lot of goals, okay? They were scoring a lot of goals. And I don't associate in my brain, I don't, I've never associated the St. Louis Blues as a team that is a goal-scoring team. Would you agree with that, or, or am I just off a little bit? Like, I know they had Brett Hall back in the day and, and Shanahan for that matter, but I don't, I, I remembered St. Louis as 
never being a super high-end scoring team. They have scored a ton of goals, and they have monsters. Tarasenko, 34 goals. Robert Thomas, 20. Uh, Bushnevich, 30. Um, Barbershoff's 26. Shen's 24. O'Reilly's 21. Perron's 27. Uh, and I'm missing one. Kairou is, uh, had uh, 27. Like, I mean, they scored an insane amount of goals. 16 goals from Justin Falk, a defenseman, 47 points. They put up a ton of points. They had nine guys over 20 goals. Yeah. This, it's, it's the most dark horse. Then their next lowest after their 24 guy was a defenseman with 16. Yeah. This is a real, this is the real deal hockey team. This is a team that, um, um, it's not like they haven't, they didn't win the cup. They just won it not too long ago. What was yeah. that? 2019. Yeah. The thing that hurts them is they, they missing Tory Krug who went out with, uh, without what he went out with an injury that he's out for the, the rest of the, the, the playoffs. And that was a massive loss. That's a massive loss. I mean, he is a he is a huge player. He had forty three points in sixty four games this year, so he would have been, you know, well over, uh, well over fifty point to uh, fifty five fifty five points. He probably would have had, but they're um, it's a tough team. It's a tough team to play against. Their defense are defensively responsible hockey players, okay, and uh, they've got a ton of offense. A ton of offense, so this is a very dangerous team, and uh, you know it's 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 probably a team that uh, Colorado is going to have. I think it, uh, this is going to they're going to be in one in this series. No, no uh, number one in the division upsets this year. All four number one seeds in their divisions are are moving on here to the second round. I'm looking forward to the second round. I'm and just for the reasons that we just said, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But. What are your thoughts uh, on? Uh, you think Calgary is going to take um, Edmonton? I just said Edmonton is the one team out of the eight that cannot win the cup. All right, yeah. I did say that, but that didn't mean that doesn't mean I don't want them to. It doesn't mean I'd, I, I mean, a Connor McDavid run could be exactly what we need in, in hockey, you know, to see this guy just take the league by storm in the playoffs. But I, I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't expecting Dallas to give Calgary that much of a, of a push. And I think this series can go either way. That's such a fence sitter. And I hate saying that because I'd love to have more of a definitive point for you, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just. I'm looking forward to the hatred that's already been developed between these two teams, and I'm so happy Zach Cassian's healthy, and I'm so happy that Lucic is in the lineup, yeah. and I'm so happy that Kachuk is is ready to go, and Darnell Nurse is ready to go, and I'm just looking forward to seeing some hatred because you know that Matthew Kachuk is going to try to drive Connor McDavid absolutely nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, and and you had some players in Calgary this year that had uh, that had fantastic seasons. I mean, Johnny Goudreau, who just scored the OT winner to take Calgary to the next round, beating Dallas. Uh, he had forty goals this year, one hundred and fifteen points. Um, Matthew Kachuk is another guy that scored last night, forty two goals, one hundred and four points. Elias Lindholm, 42 goals, 80. They had four or three uh, 40 goal scores on the team. Majapan, 35 goals. This is, uh, this is a well-balanced team. They're very strong defensively. They have an incredible goaltender in uh, um, Markstrom. And their defense core is... is uh, they can defend, which is what you need in the playoffs. Um, Future so, Buffalo Sabre, Eric could Branson playing there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. You know, I let's mean, hope. he would be an awesome addition. Well, I, let's do uh, that. Let's, let's shift out of the playoffs. Let's talk a little Sabres for a minute because we had the draft lottery last week and we, 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 we you know, we always keep pushing it off. And I, I you know, let, let's get into that. Maybe not so much building the team, but I think everyone who listens regularly knows how we feel about Good Branson. I actually think they have a shot at getting Good Branson, to be honest with you. Um, I've been doing some dot connecting uh, lately, trying to figure out how the hell the Sabres could go and acquire a few players. And there are some players that are connected to this organization through coaches and management uh, that will be free agents in the offseason that I think, you know, maybe there could be some convincing going on to lure some players. But let's just. Let's just hold our breath on that. But so the best case scenario happened for the Sabres, and that is that Vegas did not move in their uh, lottery, which means they'll hang on to that pick. So that Jack Eichel trade now looks like you have Tuck Krebs this year's first number 16 overall, which nobody would have ever imagined after that deal would be 16 overall. Yeah. And you have a second rounder next year. Um, You also have their own ninth overall pick you will also have the florida panthers pick which will be no higher than 28 overall regardless they could go out this round and that is because the president's trophy winning team um is the fifth last team to draft so they automatically get 28th overall so they sabers sit at 9 16 and what could possibly be uh 28 overall or even 32 overall if they end up winning but Thoughts on that? Good day. Good day all around for Sabre fans. A lot of, oh. a lot of positivity. It, it, it really is. It's um, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. It's, it's going to be interesting. We're all going to have to sit back and, and, and see what uh, Kevin Adams and his, uh, and his group uh, feel is the right direction to go. You know, this is probably the first year in a super really long time that I think myself and the entire fan base, we're all on the same page. Like I don't want, like I've wanted change for years. I've wanted change for years. I want change on defense. I've wanted change in goal. I've wanted change on the forward line. We need to like, 
you know, a couple of years ago, I remember doing this with you and we would sit, be sitting here at the end of the year. And I, I, I had out of the 23 players, I had nine guys coming back. <laughs> I remember, right. That. I was like cutting 14 guys. I was like, fuck this. These guys shit. I, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> well, right now I, I there's going to be a big, big, big group of players that are going to be coming back. You know, the Skinner, the Thompson, the Tuck, the, the Middlestat, Cousins, Krebs, uh, Gergensen, Asplin, and Aposo. Those guys are coming back 100,000%. Now, the question is, do you insert next year Jack Quinn? Do you insert Paterka? I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me. Yeah, that was kind of like a delayed little uh, like pause for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, of course you do. So now, so Quinn now you're sure Quinn for sure. Yeah, you say Quinn and I said Quinn. But I got to go. Paterka, I, 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 you watch the playoffs right now? Well, we'll get into the Amherst. Watch the big boy them, playoffs right them now. them yet another, another public apology is... But not just yet, but I mean, it's heading that way. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, you got Paterka who just rips off a, a Hattie the other night. And uh, in the playoffs, this kid's 19 years old, turning 20. At what, at, at what point do you insert him into the lineup? Like this, there's a lot of players right now but are we at the point where we're just inserting players in the lineup because they're dominating in the american league like are are we not yet at the point where there are no roster spots to just hand away like you think uh, you're handing something to jack quinn no but he's no but he's not going to play where paterka plays jack quinn is jack quinn's going to get what a second line spot on this team because because of your second line then next year uh would be Krebs. Well, I mean, maybe I don't. Yeah, Krebs. If I were to tell you that Krebs, Cousins, and Quinn will play together next year, would you consider that a like a two two A two B type line? Too inexperienced would be the first the first uh, comment I'd give you based on like what are we trying to accomplish? I don't know. Are they Is any it- more inexperienced than uh, freaking uh, Lafreniere? Uh, uh, Capo Kaku and in, in uh, Siegel, and that's their yeah Eagle? that's their that's that's the Rangers that's their, that's their third line the kids right the kids yeah okay but, but this what is, I'm but you're exactly what I was gonna say that's not their second line what well, it's not our second line either I'm not done yet oh okay all right so you have you have Casey Middlestad who has to uh you know move into a position here. You have J.J. Paterka, who is a world-class offensive talent, and just hypothetically throw him in there right now because um, you know you're looking at uh, um, a Victor Olsson, who is needs another contract. Maybe he becomes trade bait. Maybe you want a different style of player, someone who's going to be maybe a little bit better five-on-five. Or maybe they keep him. I don't know. 
But those top three lines are pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. What they lack is is what? Uh, physicality. Are you okay. talking about that line or are you talking about... I'm talking about, about Quinn, Cousins, Crab, oh, Paterka. Oh, experience. Experience. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were talking about the rest of the lineup. They, they're no, those they're guys lacking are... experience, okay? They're lacking experience. And, and the only way to get experience is to what? play okay and kevin adams taking his words spoke something along the lines of we do not want to smother you know our players we don't want to just go and sign guys and bring guys in and then that takes away time away from the players that we believe in moving forward so what you're looking at is you're looking at you know you're going to be looking at youth Okay, I mean, I'm fine with that because I've already, yeah, I'm already on the record saying that I don't need them to try to make the playoffs right now. I, you know, like we know, we know where they're at. Like, uh, but at the end of the day, it, it'd be nice to try to get some some other players in here, you know, to to fill out the rest of the lineup. But I, you know, well, so we listen, were going. I look at Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner, who basically played together, who both had fantastic seasons throughout the year. They did you know, change up Alex Tuck a little bit here and there. Do I like the idea of Thompson and Skinner and Tuck together? Absolutely. Who doesn't? It's, it's, it's been an incredible lineup or a line. But what if, I'm just saying, what if you take a more experienced Alex Tuck and put him with a middle stat who is not a young guy anymore? This guy's going into year five of his pro. So he's not, we're not calling him young, even though he's what, 23? Was he 23? Who? 23 years old. Who? Middlestad. Oh, Middlestad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got to be he's probably 20. Yeah, I mean, Mitzi's 23 years old. Oh, Mitzi, eh? Yeah. Call him Mitzi now. You know, he, he's, he's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in November. I don't look at Middlestad anymore as a, as a baby. I think he's been through some ups and downs. He's been through a full year in the league, you know, when he first came in and then he spent some time in the minors, started to, you know, tinker around and understand what he needed to do to become a better hockey player, okay? It's not just about his world-class skill set and hockey IQ. He needed to take care of his body more. He needed to understand the game a little bit more, and that comes through time and experience. He played some time in the minors. It, it benefited him, and now you're looking at Casey Middlestad. I expect him to have a big year next year. He's a great hockey player, but can you see a guy like Alex Tuck, Casey Middlestat, and and uh, JJ Paterka? JJ Paterka can skate, shoot, hockey IQ. He's got all the ingredients of being a hell of a hockey player in 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 the big leagues. So where's Krebs? Krebs is going to be with Cousins because I think they've built that uh, relationship together. Um, you know, you have. Isn't you know, that Jack tough Quinn. to have just traded Jack Eichel for talk, uh, talking Krebs and you're going to slap Krebs on the third line? I'm not, I know. Why you call that the third line? Well, because I would, because Alex Tuck is not on the third line. Don't give me this 2A, 2B bullshit. No, Alex is, Tuck is a top two. Because I'll tell you right now, 
And, and, and Middlestad, if you're giving Middlestad a line with Tuck, that's because he's been around long enough that you think he's ready to take over that second line position because who's the first line? Say it with me. Thompson, Skinner, and who? Quinn. There you go. That's your top line. So your second line, then what you're saying is middle, stat, Paterka, and Tuck. Right? Maybe, yep. I'm sorry, but I no offense. No offense. And you might – I don't think Alex – he'll never say this, but I'll say it for him. I don't think Alex Tuck wants to play with middle, stat, and Paterka. I think he wants to play with Thompson. That's your pair. It's not Thompson Skinner. It's Thompson and Tuck. I think you're wrong. <laughs> that's because that's just because it's Thompson and Tuck. And don't well, did bother. they did they move did they move Tuck at the end of the year? Or did they move Skinner off that line? Well, they moved Tuck, Why? but that probably because they want to try to make room for. For Jack Quinn, or no, 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 no. Jack Quinn maybe. wasn't there. No, I'm saying to, to to look to look for next year, like see what they have, see if if Skinner and Thompson can, uh, you know, trial run for just those two to try to handle line and see what Tuck can do to another line because it wasn't like Thompson and Skinner were the line and then Tuck came here and it just kind of flowed. No, Tuck stepped in and made that line. Okay, so now they're trying to create the magic with another line using, you know, using Tuck as the as the key piece to see if he can get another line to play at his speed because that's what happens. Happens. Thompson played with Tuck and he's like, "Holy shit, I gotta play at a different gear. I gotta play faster. I gotta play quicker in my mind." You know, and Skinner just rode shotgun and he's like, "Fuck, this is beautiful. This is beautiful for me." So, so they're trying to take Tuck and say, "Let's see if he can get." two other players like a middle stat and someone else to play at his speed. That's what I think they were trying to do. Okay. And I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think the number one line is Alex Tuck Thompson and Skinner, but you're also under, you have to understand that what we're dealing with in the lineup right now is you're dealing with youth. You're dealing with super, super talented young hockey players. Okay, these guys would benefit from the opportunity to play with guys like Alex Tuck, who has been in the league for 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 six years, going on seven years. He's he's played in positions. He knows how to play the game. He's a very high end player. And, you know, I think you have to support these young guys and put them in positions where they're going to succeed. So. When I look at Tage Thompson, who made massive strides this year, he's a 24-year-old player. He's been through the ups and downs and all arounds of, the, of his career and now has solidified himself as a top-end player. You have Jeff Skinner, who has just been scoring goals since he was in diapers, okay? And he's now, you're going to insert a young, highly talented hockey player. Not some kid that's going to like ruffle around and try and figure out his game. No, we're talking about a highly skilled hockey player. This guy, this is a guy at age 20 was leading the American Hockey League in goals and points. Okay. This is a, this is a player. So put him on that line. Allow Jack Quinn to be supported by two guys that are older. Okay. Then you look at the next line. You're looking at Alex Tuck. 
You're looking at a Casey Middlestat, two guys that have been in the league, understand the league, have kind of tinkered around with their games to get to where they are. And now you insert a JJ Paterka who has world-class hockey skills. Now you're supporting JJ Paterka with two guys that play, understand the game that have been in the league for a while. And I think that is a support factor. And, those young guys can flourish because they're being supported by guys that that are great high-end hockey players. Amherst won game three last night in overtime. Um, you know, uh, they're up 2-1 on Utica, who was the top team in their division, but that's not necessarily the point. My point is, I want to go back to the conversation that we had at the very start of this Sabres conversation about the draft lottery and the three first-round picks. If you're Kevin Adams... With where this organization is right now, you have a lot of good young talent that that can come up and play next year. You have a couple more pieces. You've got a you got a few guys in the lineup right now. You've got Owen Power, who's still new, even though he's played here, he's still going to be a new piece. What are you doing with these three picks? We had this conversation with Van last week. Are you making moves? You know, I mean, everyone has a difference of opinion, but what do you think Kevin Adams is thinking? Is he making these picks? Is he is he trading these picks? And then at some point, I'd love it if you threw a question my way about what would you do with the picks, Andrew? But, you know. Why don't you just answer your own question? I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are. I'd make all three of them. I'd make all three of them. And I would, I would ride the course next year with what you have. And let, like, you know, I'd try to build up your defense this offseason. I'd go get a thundering defenseman. I'd try to find a goalie, and that would be my focus. That, and I'd go, get a, uh, I'd go get Nick Delorier, period. I'm not going to say a tough forward. I'd go get Nick Delorier. End of story. Get good Branson. Get Delorier. Find a goalie. And that's my offseason. Okay, that's my off season. I get a big, tough defenseman. I get a tough forward, and I get a goalie. So goalie, where does where do I make it sound center. easy? I'd make it easy when I say get a goalie. If it's Craig Anderson, great, whatever. I'm just saying find a goalie that can that yeah, can. Yeah, it's help called you Johnny Quick. No. Anyway, what what was the other? What did you just ask, man? The guy's got one year left on his deal. He's not you coming to Buffalo. Come on. It's not leaving LA to come to Buffalo to 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 maybe make the playoffs. Not a chance. Not a chance. That'll be like a Marc Andre Fleury type move or whatever. But LA's in the playoffs. They might they might keep them. Um, so I'd, I'd make the picks and I'd continue to stockpile my future. I would. Hmm. That's. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going out looking to try to trade a first round pick and a prospect or this guy and, you know, take on money to get a, you know, player. I mean, I would, I would just make the picks and I would just continue to have players because you're going to have salary cap issues in a few years when you have cousins and Paterka and Quinn and Tuck and all these guys. And in four or five years, these first rounders today or this year are going to be the guys that are ready and developed to slide in to take those spots when it's time for maybe free agents to move or you can't bring guys back. That's where I stand on that. I would make the first two picks. I would pick nine uh, nine and 16 because I think that there's going to be some very good players available. And I would trade away the, 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 the Florida pick. And I would trade him away with uh, Victor um, Olison. For what? 
right winger. To play with who? A third line right winger, apparently, because no, no, I would be looking at a probably a second line right winger. Possibly, you know, like uh, you know, the the way I look at it is, you know, like uh, you know, I'm gonna pull out, uh, you know, I'm not gonna number lines. I'm not gonna number lines. I think for me. It's going to be exciting to see Contage Thompson continue to do what he did this last year. Question mark. Does he have another level to his game? He had a fantastic year this year. Like, I mean, fantastic. If you were to say, you know, let's, let's hope that we can have you know, Tage Thompson have the same year. He had 68 points, uh, you know, and 38 goals. Would you want I, that again? Or would you want to roll the dice and see if you can go higher? I, I'd be very happy with, with um, what he produced this year. Jeff Skinner is a, is a good hockey player. Um, but I think as these young guys grow, I think as Peyton Krebs continues to grow, I think Dylan Cousins, as he continues to grow, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, as they continue to grow, are going to be, you know, in a year or two from now, I don't think we're going to be saying certain lines are, are number one, two, or three. We're going to be sitting there going, holy crap, we have a lot of talent here. There is a lot of ability. But when you're looking at this lineup, the lineup is full with a lot of talent. It, there's a lot of talent. You know, the Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, Paterka, Middlestat, Krebs, Cousins, Quinn, there are eight of your top nine guys. Is Olofsson in the mix? Is Vinny Hinnestroza in the mix? Who is that ninth forward that's in the mix? Because I think, you know, Oposo and Gergensen and the style that they're going to play is Rasmus Asplund going to be part of that line? Because, you know, like there's just a lot to look at. I mean, there's not a lot of moves that have to be made when it comes to the team we're talking very few moves but for me and this is just my opinion i would move victor olofsson and it's not because he is not not a good player it's the exact opposite he is a very talented hockey player but I believe that we have a lot of players that play the same style of game. I think that we can get a player maybe in his position that would play his position that could be better suited for our hockey team to make our team flourish even further. Do you understand what I mean by that? Of course I do. Of yeah. course I do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm offended that you have even asked me the question that way. Um, but I, you know, again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Victor Olsen gets you on the market. I know what his stats are. I understand what he's capable of, is what his what his strengths are. So, 
I mean, I guess it really all depends on how badly someone just wants a shooter, you know, and there are teams that might just be in the market for a shooter. And he's, he's not an old guy. Okay. But he's going to be, he's going to be four and a half million bucks, four million bucks. So it's like, you know, you got to factor that in too when you talk about moving him. You know, yeah, but he and, scored and, and, twenty and goals many- and forty nine points this year. If you would have played the full ten more games, you probably would have had another eight points. Puts him at you know high fifties with you know this guy can score the score. He's got talent. He can move the puck. He can make plays. Like he was one of the he was one of the best players at the end of the year. The last what eighteen games or whatever the heck it was, he was over a point a game. He played it very well. I just think that there is a better suit suitor for his position. Okay, well, I don't I mean, I, do you have a right winger in mind before we let you go here? Travis Konechny? You're bringing I, him up I, again. I mentioned eh? him. I'm going to bring him up because he plays a style. He is physical. He he can skate. He's got skills, but he plays a different style. He wants to get to the front of the net. He wants to bang in the goals, the the dirty goals. But he he's he's a very talented hockey player. You know, another guy that I was looking at once Pittsburgh got uh, once Pittsburgh uh, said uh, salute bye. Um, you know, Rust is is uh, is a UFA, and I don't know if you know, he would ever want to come here or or be interested in coming here or how much it would cost for him. But he is one hell of a hockey player. He has played a lot of playoff games and in an environment that would be, I think in extremely helpful for a very young group. You got to stop thinking UFAs uh, like that. Yeah, I know. I I I like, I I mean, I didn't, the only way you're building this team is through trade. And the only way you're getting Delorier and uh, good Branson is if you're, you know, this is the one team that can afford to give them more money than they're going to get anywhere else. Period. End of story. It doesn't matter what good Branson's going to get on the open market. Buffalo can not just match it. They can. And then not only that, the cost of living here is going to be way less and he'd be a massive piece here. It'd be a multi-year deal because the Sabres could do it. And same with Delorier. Those are the yeah. types of players that you're, you can get through free agency. As for the, the big guns that are going to garner a lot of money and teams that are ready to win now, Buffalo's just not there yet. But through trade and stuff, and I mean, it'll, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. So... The draft lottery was an interesting the team's day. team's going to be super young. Super, super young. You know, look at even the back end. Darlene's just, he's, I mean, he's, he's our star, but he's still just a kid. He's I 20, know, but Vanek said 20. the other day, and he made a good point. He's like, when do we stop saying that? How many games in the league? He's like, they're all kids. It's like a guy's a kid in this league. If, if a player plays in the NHL at 18, he's still a kid at uh, seven years in the league. So it's like, how, why are we calling them kids? They're, they're kids to us in terms of age, but they are seasoned players in the NHL. Yeah. So age but, doesn't uh, but matter because this. the league is so much younger now anyway. I mean, when I t- when again, I enough kid with the kids. Kid, Darlene's oh, played call- 277 games. I don't care about league. the 227 games. The kid's fucking body is like, a, he's, he's not a man. There's a big difference between a freaking 20-year-old kid and a 25-year-old kid. You, can we agree on that? Absolutely. Is there a big difference between an 18-year-old kid and a 23-year-old kid? 
Absolutely. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. They're fucking kids. They're kids. I don't care how, how talented he is. I don't care if you put him in the goddamn league for 500 games. His body is not the same as what it is when you hit like that 20, 23, 24, 25, when you really grow into your body. Okay, you really become a man, the man strength. And, and there's, a, there's a big difference. So when I'm sitting there looking at Rasmus Dahlin and Yoki Haru and, and Matthias Samuelson and, and Owen Power, I still think that there's room for growth in their bodies. Okay, Matthias Samuelson's 225 pounds. But in two years from now, he's probably still going to be 225. But that mass muscle density and the way that they train and take care of themselves, he is going to be a better player in two years from now. Same with Darlene. Same with Owen Power. Same with Krebs. Cousins. All these young guys. You got to allow them. I don't care how many games they played in the, in the league. They have to have physical and mental maturity. And guys like guys like Jack Eichel, remember Jack Eichel coming to camp? It's the fucking same size as what he is now. He was literally a man child. And it was it was laughable. Like he was a man child at 18. Complete genetic freak. But he's the same size now than what he was back then. Because he grew earlier. Not every kid is like that. Remember when we got Darlene? It's 185 pounds when he showed up here. It's a skinny little runt. And now he's, he is maturing. He is maturing slowly. He's gaining muscle. Remember when he showed up and he was 208 pounds? Remember that? A year and a half ago? We're all like, oh, this is great. He put on all this weight. Well, he looked like he had literally a hippo on his back because he did not, he put on too much weight too quickly. And now he's lost weight. He's down to 200 or two. You know, and he he looks he looks better. It's going to take time for these guys to figure out exactly where their best selves are. And when we get them, wow, it's going to be amazing. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think the NHL draft, if they make all three all three picks, they will be indicating what their plan is. You know, simple as that. And yeah, you know, I I I don't expect any changes i think it's see what this team is that finished to start the year next year so that's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle don't forget to follow us on twitter after the whistle and at craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76 and you can find us as you already know on apple spotify and youtube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast thanks for tuning in don't forget to spread the word